Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hello and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. This week we're talking about Brazil, where the economy shrank by 4.5% last year and President Dilma Rousseff's popularity is also plummeting, and now opposition politicians have even begun impeachment proceedings against the president. To discuss this tale of woe, I'm joined on the line from Sao Paulo by Joe Leahy, our bureau chief there, and here in the studio is our Latin America editor, John Paul Rathbone. John Paul, can it get any worse? The economy could get worse just because of what's going on in China and internally, and the politics could get worse domestically as well. There could be impeachment, or there could not be impeachment, but either way, Congress is so bedazzled and frozen in the lights of the process that it's got no time or inclination or energy or ability to address the more pressing issues, which is essentially the economy. And why is the economy so bad? Part of it is to do with change in the terms of trade, China and the collapse of commodity prices. Part of it is we've seen here in the West, in Western Europe and, and the United States, is the end of a credit boom. And part of it is to do with the shaking out of this huge corruption scandal in Brazil, which has paralyzed investment. Now, Joe, this impeachment, how serious is it? Is it just a political show or might the president actually be impeached and even fall from office? Yes, Gideon, it's a very serious moment for Brazil. At the moment, most analysts would put the odds on the president surviving, but just given the nature of things here in Brazil at the moment, the terrible economy, the unpopularity of the president, she's one of the most unpopular presidents in Brazilian history, and the serious nature of some of the allegations against her, including that she manipulated the budget last year and, and this year to try to produce a more acceptable budget deficit. Given these factors, it is a very serious crisis for her. And as we go into next year, we're going to see the economy worsening even more and unemployment rising. It's an unpredictable situation for her. So I think she's desperately trying to take measures to alleviate the crisis because she knows that it, it could get more serious for her. And what kind of timetable are we looking at in terms of this impeachment? This is a matter of debate here at the moment. The official timetable is about one or two months of debate by a special committee comprising all of the parties in Congress. Then this special committee produces a report that goes to a plenary session of the Congress which will then vote on whether or not to accept the impeachment process. And that would require a two-thirds vote. And then it would go to the Senate, which would start the impeachment process proper, which would last for 180 days. So that's the entire process. But at any moment, it could get nipped in the bud. So if this special committee recommends to the plenary session of Congress not to impeach the president, then it's possible the whole thing could end in about two months. There's another wild card here too, Gideon, which is that Congress is supposed to go into recess for the next two months until Carnival. In fact, Brazil virtually shuts down until early February and then you know, opens for business again afterwards. That's a normal thing here. Dilma is desperately trying to get Congress not to go into recess because she knows that if this whole process gets delayed until next year, the economy could be worse and the impeachment process could go even worse for her. So she's trying to get Congress to give up its holidays 
and debate this question now. Hmm. And John Paul, I mean, as both of you said, I mean, Brazil can really ill afford this very introspective political fight, given how bad the economy is. And there's a very live argument, isn't there, about what they need to do. They've got a very big budget deficit, as I understand it. They've fallen into the classic problem of the economy's collapsing, tax revenues are falling, and as tax revenues fall, the budget deficit expands. So it's a government which has very, very little credibility in financial markets. Even though they've got quite an orthodox finance minister with a background in finance and so on. They've got an orthodox finance minister, but a lot of his measures, or most of them, aren't getting through Congress because of it's caught in the headlights. So it, there's no engagement. Brazil seems to be like a bit of a rudderless ship in the storm. And how much of it do you think can be put down to President Rousseff? Do you think it's, if you had a more charismatic or determined president, they could do something? Well, a counterfactual for the economy, if you look at, say, the Pacific coast of countries in South America, Colombia, Chile, Peru, they have similar kinds of economies, similarly focused on commodities, but they're not going through any kind of comparable crisis like this. They're growing at 3 or 4%. So that is a kind of a counterfactual if Brazil had done things differently. As for Rousseff, in Brazil, they sort of refer to her as a blockhead. She's fantastically stubborn, doesn't listen, and her complete lack of charisma and inability to um, win friends and influence people, which is the way politics is done everywhere, but especially in Brazil, has not served her well. She is the most unpopular president in Brazilian history. And meanwhile, Joe, as, as you mentioned, you've got this incredible corruption scandal, which implicates not just the president's circle, but seemingly the entire Brazilian establishment. Yes, this is a big debilitating factor for Dilma and for everyone. I, the last count, there was something like 50 political figures involved or implicated, let's say, in this scandal. When you think that the Congress has 500 members, that's a pretty substantial chunk of Congress that's somehow implicated at this stage. And the key thing is that every month that goes by, someone else is getting dragged into it. I was just talking just now with the Machinery Manufacturers Association, and they said that Brazil's whole petroleum supply chain is completely blocked. It's stagnating. There's giant pieces of machinery sitting there in shipyards. There's no buyers for these pieces of machinery, or they're supposed to have already been delivered to Petrobras, and Petrobras doesn't want them. So this corruption scandal at Petrobras is locking up not only the economy but also the processing in Congress. And, in fact, this impeachment process, in an indirect and convoluted way, came about because of the Petrobras investigation. Yeah, you use the uh, kind of slightly alarming word convoluted, but is there a simple way of describing what the Petrobras scandal is and why it's blown up? The Petrobras scandal is essentially a bribery kickback scheme in Brazil's largest company. So the former directors of Petrobras cooperated with contractors and corrupt politicians to extract money from the company. And this happened over a period of years. And some would say this was one of the ways that the ruling party or ruling coalition stayed in power by distributing this pork that they were extracting from Petrobras. The initiator of the impeachment process, Eduardo Cunha, he became caught up in this investigation and he was allegedly trying to do a deal with Dilma to try to lift some of the heat that he was feeling from the investigation in return for not impeaching her. But that negotiation apparently did not go very well, and so then he initiated the impeachment proceedings. And John Paul, I mean, so far it's been a pretty gloomy picture, but uh, Brazil has to put on a bright and welcoming face for the world in the next few months because it's got the Olympics in the summer of 2016. Do you think they're looking forward to that, or do you think they now regret having this huge thing coming down the road? 
I'd just like to say the, one of the good things about this impeachment process is it's ending the kind of business-as-usual approach to business in Brazil. The, the trouble is that the short-term costs are really high. So, in fact, it's not that so much as no more business-as-usual as no more business. Brazil won the Olympic and World Cup the rights to hold those competitions in Brazil when it was at the peak of the boom when Lula was in charge and Brazil was this beautiful country that was going to change the way everything was done. And since then, the emperor has been revealed to wear no clothes. The World Cup happened and it was a huge event and very lavish. The Olympics, by contrast, are going to be more of an austerity Olympics, I think, and they're taking a lot of care in Rio to really keep the budget as small as and tight as possible. So far as, you know, welcoming crowds. I think Brazil will put on a good show. The key question is, is if the budget cuts or the sense of austerity or recession bites so deeply that there's a broader sense of economic insecurity and actual insecurity in Rio de Janeiro. And uh, Joe, just to sort of wind up, John Paul just mentioned there the, the good times, which were very much associated with President Dilma's predecessor, President Lula. There's some who say that this corruption scandal will ultimately inexorably head back to the Lula years. Do you think that is the case? This corruption scandal has its roots in the Lula years. In fact, some parts of it go back, to be fair, beyond Lula, back to the presidency of Fernando Hickey. But the vast majority of it occurred during the Lula years. And at that time, President Dilma was then the energy minister and also the chairperson of Petrobras. So the two of them are sort of caught up in this scandal and there's not really much they can do to extricate themselves. The only thing about Lula is he has a lot more political nous than Dilma. And he'll be hoping that over the next couple of years, depending on what happens with the impeachment and with the Petrobras scandal, if he doesn't personally become implicated in it, he'll be hoping that he can put that behind him and use his popularity among Brazil's lower-income earners to try and make a political comeback. But at this stage, that looks like a big ask. And very last thing, Joe, I mean, we did see in the run-up to the World Cup, although the event itself went very well, big social protests in Brazil. That's gone quiet again. But given the state of the economy and the scandals, are people worried about trouble on the streets? This is, I think, one of the big fears of Dilma. She wants to get the impeachment process out of the way before next year because unemployment is skyrocketing. And next year, it's anyone's guess just how high it will be. So there'll be a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands and pretty angry about how things have changed so quickly who could go to the street. So that is a concern. OK, well, we'll leave it there for now and watch the situation develop over the coming year. Joe Leahy in Sao Paulo, thank you very much indeed. Thanks also to John Paul Rathbone here in the studio in London. That's it for this week. Until next week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Goodbye.